and welcome to the Pocket Coach Podcast. So this is a very special episode that is close to my heart. It's with a very good friend of mine, Aaliyah Lovely, who is currently the host of the number one podcast uh, under the spiritual segment within the US of A. How fantastic is that? So you know it's going to be good. You also know that it's going to be spiritual. So my encouragement is to step into this very openly as this is really an aspect that I don't touch on very often. I normally go very scientific with you guys. So today we're going to go a little bit more spiritual, a little bit more open. However, I encourage you to step into this with just that, an open mind, with openness as the one that says, I know, stunts their growth. And the one that says, I do not know, has infinite possibilities. So that's something that I've really learned on this journey of healing, on on this journey of self-growth, is the moment that I've said that I've known something, is the moment that I stopped growing in that area of my life. So step into this interview with complete openness, and I guarantee you will learn so much. She's number one in the spiritual scene in terms of podcasts in the entire United States for a reason. So tune in, see what you can pick up, and... Take what makes sense for you, and if it does not make sense, just let it be. And I'm absolutely sure that you'll take something away from it. On a side note, however, this podcast was recorded through Zoom, and we ran into a couple of difficulties with the file, so the quality isn't as good as my other podcasts. However, the content is definitely there. So tune in for this very special episode, and have a notepad ready. Let's go. And welcome to the Pocket Coach Podcast. Today we're going to get a bit spiritual. <laughs> I'm, with, I'm with my friend Aaliyah Lovely of the podcast Spiritual Shit, which literally, yes, it's called Spiritual Shit. I know it's brilliant. Which literally <laughs> just hit number one on a spiritual podcast in the United States of America, guys. <laughs> which is like the podcast capital. Uh, there's so many over there. And she just hit number one recently, which is absolutely incredible. I met Elia over in Bali, and she taught me so much around spirituality, about uh, diving deep, and about how this is something that Elia honestly does incredibly, is navigating through absolute insanity with some form of clarity. I don't know how she does it. She <laughs> finds clarity <laughs> within the craziness somehow. Uh, she's been navigating the, the crazy black crisis that's been going on over in the States as well. Uh, so we'll be speaking on that today alongside the way that she's been going through uh, many, many ups and downs and uh, seems to always find some sense of lightness within all the chaos as well. Uh, she does it very well and it's very inspiring to see. So I guarantee that you guys will learn a lot from uh, her story and the lessons that she's learned and she'll present them over the course of this podcast. So without further ado, Alea. I'd love you to say hi and hi. say a little bit, <laughs> little bit about um, what you're doing, where you are. What's up, guys? My name is Aaliyah Lovely, and I adore Karen. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, we did meet in Bali, and um, currently I'm in Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, I live here uh, post-COVID. I was actually on a travel year, and all that got postponed. So uh, everything happens for a reason, I guess. So here we are. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just trying to navigate the the 
complexities and the layers of what's happening in our current economy, uh, current social uh, status and kind of integrating that into um, kind of the past of, of all of the experiences that I've had as a person of color uh, in the United States most of my life. So as some of you guys are just now experiencing this with us, um, this has been a battle, a constant struggle, a trauma-induced uh, uh, paralysis that we've experienced for our whole lives. And yeah. that being incredibly difficult to shoulder that burden by ourselves. So it is refreshing to see that there are some changes happening and that people are kind of all waking up in this collective, what I would call awakening, um, that the veil not only just when we talk about spirituality, we talk about the great awakening in 2020, that this would be the year of clarity. Um, so we're not just talking about spiritual matters. We're also talking about social matters, human matters, and earthly matters that uh, need to change in all, in all areas so we can thrive as a species anyway. Yeah, totally. No, that, that's, um, that's very, very true. And the way that you're, um, I want to speak briefly on actually the spirituality factor, and then I'd love to dive into the whole situation around being a person of color uh, and the way that you've been navigating through this. So, because I feel like they tie so well together. Now, uh, with your spiritual journey, uh, I actually learned a lot um, when I was in Bali from you. I remember uh, you did a reading with me and um, we spoke on, uh, you taught me a lot about crystals firstly, um, <laughs> many things I didn't actually know about crystals. Uh, and that's, that's an interesting thing. All I knew about crystals before were, were that they, uh, they are atomically the most near perfect atomic structure that they can be. Uh, so therefore they've got such a um, profound magnetic field and that's all I knew about them. Uh, mm -hmm. And then, yeah, I remember you started, talking more about them and um, how they um, interact with the different um, energies in the body and all that. And then we also did a reading around, um, around like having guides and everything. And this is something I'd never heard of. And I actually told my parents about this and they're like, <laughs> um, and my mum actually had done a reading years ago, even though mm -hmm. they're, they're like not super open to it. Um, yeah. I definitely came into the situation sort of just being open to it, but also at the same yeah. time being curious because I'd never done anything like this before. And then just hearing that, it just made so much sense um, around hearing about uh, about the different uh, about the different guides that I had, and yeah. Um, yeah, about the whole the matter of the whole uh, uh, system that is more happening outside of just right. what <laughs> I'm experiencing physically, right? There's then right. that's what spirituality is, right? Spirituality yeah. is that which is not physical, that what I don't yeah. physically experience, like. Yeah. Yeah, I can, if I, yeah, totally, totally. So yeah. although I'm not experiencing it, it does not mean it does not exist. It's the same right. way as a bat has supersonic hearing, right? It yes. experiences different frequencies that frequencies. we don't have the capacity yeah. to take in, yeah. right? Yeah. So as a median, you, you learn how to develop those abilities to in, experience other areas that we don't normally just genuinely experience um, because of all the noise that is around us, right? All our phones right. and noise of the external and all the stuff we don't yeah we don't focus our attention on the things that we can just pick up if we actually focus our attention on right. that so do you mind speaking on that how did you actually start your spiritual journey and how did you dive deeper into and also why did you dive deeper mm -hmm. into that whole spiritual side well, um, as a kid, I had uh, quite a few experiences that were uh, very ghosty. <laughs> so um, I was able to see some spirits and, and things that like were 
it was just kind of like, it seemed like it was normal. It was like, oh, this guy lives in our house or, you know, whatever, up until I was 10. And then there was a really scary experience that I had that um, actually made me shut down my sight, uh, my ability to see ghosts and stuff physically. Like, um, so I still see stuff, but I don't see physical ghosts anymore, manifestations, because it scares the hell out of me. Um, so I wanted to dig into that. So I went on to this journey. I was raised a hyper-religious Christian. And so um, that aspect of spirituality was not available to me. It was not something that was okay um, because it was always interpreted as like demonic or, or bad or whatever. So it made me more scared of these abilities that I might've had. Um, so then I, you know, maybe fast forward until I was 16, I had a few more experiences where I started having these dreams of my grandfather coming through. My father also has these gifts. So, um, my father and then my grandmother on my mom's side. So on both sides, I have these these uh, relatives that have these very strong gifts. I have Native American background as well as uh, African as well, African American. So, um, so in my lineage, in my bloodlines, there's lots of spiritual um, practices and abilities that have been suppressed over time. And so when I became, um, there was a house uh, when I got married, um, there was a house that we lived in that had a lot of spiritual activity in it. And my ex-husband, now ex-husband, um, was very dismissive of that. Like that didn't happen or, you know, like whatever. And I was like, shit, fuck it did. Like, you know, like even my dog saw it, you know, so there'd be these weird stuff that would happen throughout the house that kind of further intrigued me about why, why is it this happening or why, you know, uh, what connection do I have to these people or this person who continues to knock shit off the tub and like, like there were glasses that would just slide off the table and doors that would just open and footsteps that I would hear upstairs and my dog being like, who's in the house? Like she'd go up there and run up there and see if that, if someone was there well, to the point I had a makeup kit that would sit on the um, top of the toilet and just left it there all the time. It's not sliding or going anywhere. And it would, um, there was one day that I was sitting downstairs that I could hear like a huge, like boom, boom, boom upstairs. So I ran upstairs and could see that my makeup kit had flown about six feet and was on the Whoa. other side out the door. And I was oh. like, what the heck? Like, what's going on? So um, my ex came home and I was like, this, this thing flew off the toilet. Da -da. And he's like, that didn't happen. Like, it's probably just slid off. Yeah, but the house yeah. is settling, blah, blah, blah. And so um, while we were fighting about it, because I was so like serious and I was like, no, I saw it. The, it did it again, right in front of us. Like just right off the toilet onto the thing. And so he was like, I'm scared to go to sleep. <laughs> ah. <laughs> so I was like, I told you. happened in front of him yeah. as well. Like, wow. I mean, to prove it, like, um, you know, to the point even now, like I have, I have a probably 15 videos in my phone showing, um, lights flashing around me yeah. wherever I go. And, um, my grandmother said before she died that <laughs> she was going to fuck with the lights. So we would know she was around. And so we thought at the time that wasn't funny, but since she died, that's when it started happening. So it was like yeah. almost like three or four days after she died. So, um, so that is kind of what spurred more of my curiosity into that area and thinking like, there's something more than just what we're thinking. And I, since then had come away from my religion and had started to like really explore. And I was like, I feel like I'm agnostic, maybe I'm atheist. And I just knew that there's something else out there. So I didn't want to be in a place where I've just completely, cause to me, like to be hyper extreme religious or to be staunch atheist is on the same kind of like playing like neither yeah, of you know I agree like we, none of us really know so like I have I had to approach that with so like much. some kind of curiosity like okay mm -hmm. like I can't really know I can philosophize about it you know I can mm -hmm. make my uh, inferences about it and I can only speak to my own experiences but like I can't 
a hundred percent know anything. I can only, you know, delineate from the information that I'm getting from the ether. And so that's actually how I've been utilizing my podcast as a channel. So the information comes through me, not from me. And so the opinions and the things that I speak about aren't necessarily views that I hold myself. I just allow myself to become that vessel to let the message come through because I'm like, okay, I know that this is what I'm supposed to be doing here at some point through all the shadow work and all the trauma and all the stuff or whatever. I, I finally found where my purpose is at, where I'm, why I'm here. So I can, mm-hmm. I can glean a lot of truth, my own truth of what I'm supposed to be doing because even just like you said, like it hitting number one, this podcast is eight months old. That is unheard of, like unheard of. So I know I'm in alignment. I know what I'm supposed to be doing. So like, it's, it's hard for me to argue <laughs> that this spiritual thing isn't a real thing, you know, because mm-hmm. as all that information has come to me, it's not something I could have done on my own. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> even if you were in denial, you can't, can't deny your makeup kit flying across the bathroom. I know. <laughs> <laughs> like you can't what the heck? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. We even have doors window. just like wide open. Um, you know, there was a, t- a couple of times I was in Bali, actually, like there was a bunch of weird spiritual stuff that happened there. Actually at your place, um, me and Sarah saw the same spirit walk through the room and we were like, did you see that? I saw that, you know, so it's I, difficult. I remember actually, yeah, being, um, being in that room, um, being in my room rather. And I remember, um, what, uh, one night I was, um, I was meditating. It was so hot. And all of a sudden I just felt really, really cold. Um, mm-hmm. It was hot, but I felt so yeah. cold and I like, had goosebumps all over my body. I was shivering. I don't know what yeah. happened. I was like, felt like something went through me. I don't know what it was. Um, yeah. yeah. And again, like this isn't within my experience. It's something that I'm, I'm still open to. It's something that I, I don't know really much about at all. Um, so I just experienced it and was very confused. Um, yeah. So it's just such a crazy place, Bali. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. so very crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, awesome. Um, and isn't that profound as well about um, about the dog, right? So how, mm-hmm. because it's within the dog's experience, just because it might not be within the normal human's experience that hasn't yeah. diverted their attention towards that. Um, yeah, it's, isn't it crazy that, um, yeah, animals will not lie. Animals do not lie yeah. because they're, the they're very in tune with their bodies. Hear. Yeah. yeah, they're incredibly in tune. And like my, my dog Shadow, she was like a soulmate, like fucking soulmate. I haven't been able to get another dog because she was just like the most amazing dog I've ever had. We had like just this soul connection, like she was a spirit guide. And she got me through that marriage. Like she was just wow. the the kindest, sweetest energy that you could ever, ever find. And so to be in that house and her, it was weird. Like she would get, I would be sitting at my desk working and the bathroom was like on the other side of the wall of where my office was. So she would, she would kind of peek her head up. Like she heard something and then she would walk over to the bathroom and just stand in front of it staring. And I was like, that's really freaky shadow. Stop it. Like, <laughs> and so I, I would bring her back into my office and she would sit at my feet and just like a minute later, you could hear all the shampoos and all the things like off the, off the side of the bathtub. And it would happen like a few times a week she would sense it before it would happen. And so it, you know, like, I mean, if, so it wasn't just me, Shadow also saw it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But oh, it's man. just been, it's been a lifetime of experiences like that, that have really kind of opened me up and tried to like, tried to understand like yeah. what is yeah. happening in our world externally that we can't see and can't tap into, or what is it that we've been told that or suppressed 
that like we don't have like six senses in the thing like you know we're five sense beings shut the fuck up we're actually six sense beings like we can yeah. all sense you've ever thought of your mom and then she called you you know like yeah. you've ever just had a bad feeling and then something happened you know like we all have that that in tune with the a part of ourselves that is in a space that we cannot see and totally. we've been told and taught a lot that like we don't have these gifts or this is something you're crazy or whatever and it's funny now how like these things are becoming more mainstream now we're not we're not the it's conspiracy almost like anymore. science has become a religion because it's not measurable it becomes an issue right, right? but now they're actually developed they've developed tools that can actually measure that they've even developed forensic equipment that because if you if someone's in tuned enough they could literally walk into a room and be like oh this person has been here right and, and yeah. like, they might not even be there right but they've yeah. actually developed forensic equipment they can do that to prove that that's actually a thing because mm -hmm. now when um if i was sat in this chair and i got up and left two hours later if they came in scanned this chair with that forensic equipment they could literally tell it was me a Your dog knows still there yeah yeah a dog knows still the code there yeah yeah totally the a dog knows there. a dog could yeah come across and um, you know, sniff their nose, feel their energy, whatever it is, right? And the dog will know, like, up to 24 hours ago, like, I, I was here, right? Probably but isn't that crazy? Yeah. That we, we, we will utilize dogs to sniff, to find a person based on their scent. You don't think that that, like, okay, we can't smell that, but dogs can. So yeah. us even utilizing an, a, an unseen facility or faculty in order to track a person, does that not tell you anything about energy? Scent is energy, too. Yeah. It is, so like, yeah, in our yeah. ability to be able to track that, I went into a house the other day that had, I went into the, like went to go see a friend's house and there has three levels. And I went to the upstairs, the attic and the energy in there felt like somebody fucking died. And I was like, this is really heavy. It feels like someone's sitting on my chest. I have to get out of here. And so that sensitivity to that type of energy, I hurried up and ran downstairs and I was like, what the hell happened here? find out later that the house is on the historic homes for like a murder that's happened there. Now, I don't know if the murder happened in the attic, but the residual energy must have collected or raised into that space because yeah, as soon yeah. as I walked up there in my chest, it felt like someone was sitting on me oh. and I was like, I can't even breathe. It feels so, so, so ten like tenacious. So yeah. I was like, let me get out of here. Finding out later that then something really crazy there happened and imprinted oh. on the, in the house's energy. Even it was like 50 years ago, like, still feel it in there yeah so, totally totally and that speaks volumes it's it's like if you if you ever got to a friend or a partner and uh, you just feel their sadness or you feel their yeah. joy you know that's just such a, that's a genuine sixth sense experience it's something that all human beings are capable of it's just this feel the sense of the moment that i don't believe or the moment that i do believe they're both a problem, isn't it? Because if I go one end or the other, it becomes a problem because that's, that means I close myself off from actually experiencing what it is. Because the moment I create a story about something that this is the way it is, is a moment right. that I can only filter my experience through that story. That. So yep. I can't actually, yeah, I can't actually have the experience myself. So it's the same with, um, it's the same when someone is extremely religious or um, extremely not a religious. Um, it's, a, it's a moment that they are going to filter their reality through that. Like mm -hmm. they're going to say that everything um, is God or everything is not God. And then that becomes a bit of an issue because then that all of a sudden doesn't become a personal experience, an individual experience. It becomes a story. Well, you don't that know I'm what you don't mind. know. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So like exactly. if that's the case, if you've, you've filtered your perspective through a religion, we'll say, then you've, you've told yourself that you already know there is everything to know about this particular topic and that there is no other way. 
And so, and if that's the case, you don't open yourself to be present to other opportunities in which like the universe could show and expand your soul and other information that you could have access to or do something with, but you can't do it if you have your mind made up. So I find that the more that I learn, less that I know. And like the more that I quote unquote become wise, the more of an idiot I feel like, because it's like, wow, like I could have been so, so sure about X, Y, Z at this point, but now it's like, oof, you know, like I have a, I have a loose basis of my philosophy and the way that things work based on my experience. But at the same time, we all kind of hold this perspective that there's only a universal truth. And I think that as, as we all incarnate from the universe, we are all a fractal, a fraction of a perspective of the universe. So like we, the universe wants to experience all different kinds of opinions. So your truth may be your absolute truth. My truth may be my absolute truth. Can they not exist together? Yeah, exactly. Do they have to exist exactly. like apart? I don't know. So unless your truth is infringing on my truth, like and or my yeah. my safety or my life, uh, then you know what can we do? Like, what are we gonna do about that? So, I feel like you went to go see puppy. <laughs> yeah, just had to kick the dog out. <laughs> Came running in. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> Got her on the podcast. Nah, so We're talking about uh, dogs. Like, I want yeah, to talk. Exactly. <laughs> oh, she's great. That, that, that one's Molly. She's um she's actually called a Pujon, which is a mixture oh. between a poodle and a Bijon. Yeah. <laughs> what a name for a dog, eh? A Pujon, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> I've stuck with that. Exactly. Um so on on this topic actually, uh this is this is an, an interesting one because I used to re- be really reactive when it came to religion. Um, I used to tie myself to being Christian and be very reactive the moment that was challenged. Uh, and this, be- this became really problematic because I get in my head um, a lot. Now, um, I still feel, um, I still feel as the, for me, the universe is God. God is the universe. That's, that for me is my, is that truth that I experience. However, that's still a belief. I'm really willing to say that's still a belief. Um, because it's not within my experience. I haven't personally, I haven't sat down right here and spoke right to God. I haven't mm-hmm. sat down right here and spoke right to the universe, right? Um, I haven't actually physically experienced that. Um, although it's been an experience that I've had, it's still, it's still a creation of a story that I've created in my mind. Um, so if I'm not willing to say, okay, um, there, there can absolutely be more, then I've all of a sudden shot myself off from potentially expanding um, my ability to experience life even more fully and more beautifully and more profoundly. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it is, you know, seven plus billion people, more people in the world that have probably experienced things very differently to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what is my experience compared to all those other 7 billion people? You know? Um, so yeah. if I open Isn't myself up to them. a beautiful segue yeah. to what we're talking about in race oh. as well. <laughs> yes, exactly. Absolutely. Because our experiences, like we, when we negate someone else's personal experience, and we tell them that is valid. Like there, there is obviously, for instance, um, in the law of one, they talk about logos, that there are laws of the universe. Like nobody is out here talking about, you know, gravity is not real, right? So that's going to seem like an absolute truth to everybody. Um, you know, like love, everybody kind of, kind of wants love, not everybody, mm-hmm. but you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like a universal thing that everybody can kind of get on board. So yeah, in yeah. some ways, our planet operates in uh, what I would call logos, like some type of rule structure of the way in which we need to operate throughout the universe but in our belief set we can have all these different kinds of beliefs and have them be flexible because they really only affect the way that we see the world but when we utilize our own belief systems to oppress and negate and uh, suppress like other people's voices or their experiences and then and then 
you know, thus traumatize them and abuse them and that kind of thing, then we're not operating out of love and we're breaking one of the universal laws of, of universe. Um, so in that aspect, then you could find that there is something wrong here. There is something that doesn't float with the harmony and the vibration in which the, the planet would like to ascend into. Mm -hmm. And so while that may not be everybody's truth, like as a, as I understand it, and it, again, it could be just a belief. There is a structure in which our world can live most harmoni harmoniously. And if that's, if that's the case, what you're seeing right now is an amalgamation of clashing of beliefs and people fighting to mm -hmm. hear which is the truth. And there are some people who are unwilling to expand their souls and willing to expand their minds in spaces that would allow for a, a life that would be more, more harmonious, but they don't know that because they've never mm -hmm. seen it. So they will yeah. hold dear to the devil they know versus the devil they don't because to abandon their superiority or to abandon their religious ego or to abandon, um, you know, whatever makes them feel safe. Yeah. Even spiritual it, it is, ego, that's, that's a big thing in Bali, exactly. right? <laughs> it goes across the board because we, we don't allow ourselves in, to be in a position of curiosity to see in ways in which we can expand because it's better yeah. for us to be right than to be happy. Oh, that is what yeah. causes us the most amount of safety. And mm -hmm. so we will continue to battle and fight our side of it without ever really trying to understand the other side to find in ways that we could, we could live more harmoniously. And, mm -hmm. and that aspect of love then is where it comes in real strong because even as a person of color going through all of the crazy bullshit that's happening right now, like I can still see like people who are waking up. I can still have compassion for people who are like, who don't understand my experience and who have been racist to me in the past. Um, mm. who then are like, you know, Oh shit, I didn't know blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you didn't know what you didn't know. So yeah. like, I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't have the energy to hold personal angst against someone for that, but there are a lot of people who do. And rightfully so, right? You know, yeah, totally. um, but even when it comes to spirituality, like I've always just kind of been a nut. Like I don't fit anywhere um, in the black community. I'm, I'm very light skinned. I'm, I'm also Native American, but I don't have any ties to my Native American heritage because we didn't even really find out how much Native American we were until later down the road because those records were suppressed. So like finding out my, even my heritage, like that's not even a privilege that I have to be able to distinguish where I'm from. Like I'm just American and I'm a mutt. Like, that's what I've been told, you know, and that's like, yeah. that's bullshit. So then you take it to the religious side of things or the spiritual side of things. And then growing up hyper-Christian and um, with a deep, like deep-seated belief set that there is a hell and there's a heaven and we need to go out and save people. And yeah. we know everything, but everybody else is wrong. And it yeah. pins us against them. Again, this is, this, this is an archetype that flows with throughout all of our structures, right? There's us against them. This is the good. This is the bad. The polarity of the two, the service to others versus service to self. Like in all of our aspects, we have that yin and yang and we're all fighting to see which is the one we, when really we need to blend the two together. And so my job <laughs> as what some people have called me an earth angel, which I, I felt very egotistical saying that, um, but like my, my position of feeling like I have this mission to unify people. I came in this body because this was the most approachable for both sides, every side in whatever uh, across the board. So I understand now why my struggles were the struggles that I had. So that way I could have empathy and be able to bring love into the logos of the structure that would bring our communities and our world into a more harmonious space. 
and that's the way in which I operate. But that's not the way a lot of people see it because they're too scared to abandon what they know. Like yeah. it's better for them to be right than to be happy. Totally safety, right? Yeah. 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 Um, and isn't that beautiful? I just want to speak on that for a moment and really acknowledge your ability to find a sense of a lesson or a sense of a meaning and not that there needs to be a meaning for something. Um, however, a lesson for sure, the way that you can gather a lesson through a hardship. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, stormy seas make a great sailor, right? So the way that um, you've chosen to become a great sailor in those moments, rather than actually um, just allowing yourself to fall with the crazy waves, right? Mm -hmm. And then sinking to the bottom of the ocean, which absolutely does happen to the best of us for sure. Um, but you've been willing to swim back to the surface, climb back on the boat and keep going. Right. And yeah. the way that you do that is just so profound. It really is. Um, and like every time I get on a call with you and, you know, we catch up and all that, um, there'll be some crazy thing that you've been through, you know, like some, like <laughs> some insane, like um, experience. Um, of course, there's the current um, racism thing, like all that stuff going on. And then on top of that, you've got some other things that are going on in life. Um, personal life so, you know <laughs> yeah exactly exactly um so there's always some crazy things going on uh yet you're always able to show up fully okay you're always able to show up fully so i want you to speak on that for a moment what has allowed you to do that what has allowed you to be able to show up fully in situations even when there's a lot of hardships going on so that you can still have compassion for not just yourself but um, everyone around you beautiful you know and this is this is a very good question because there is a part of me that feels like partly it's this deeper mission that mm. says you can't give up. Like you cannot give up. And I don't know if that's a reincarnation thing that I had so many lives or I don't, um, or if I just came down for this life and it was like, yo, like you're going to play this role. And I had a contract. Like I deeply feel inside of myself that there's a reason I'm here. And like, if I falter to the, the guys of the simulation that we're playing, right? Like if, we're, if I'm playing a video game and I'm in the video game and I'm watching that, like I'm getting shot down or, you know, like I, I didn't get the, the coins or didn't save the princess or whatever, <laughs> you know, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna be pissed because I didn't achieve a level in which I was trying to get to. And I continue to repeat that level over and over and over until I can pass and then graduate into the next level of this particular game. Now imagine that I walked outside of playing that particular video game and say I lost in that, you know, you know, Nintendo. And I walked away from that and let that affect the rest of my life. Like I came in on this podcast, man, you know, fuck life. I just lost Nintendo, you know, like yeah. how that would affect me in my life. And you got, you'd be like, that's absolutely ridiculous. Like chill the fuck out. But the thing is, is that I, I, I often feel that that's the same analogy when it comes to our spirit versus this, this earth experience, that we're in this video game to expand our soul and learn and new level up and level up and level up. And if I allow my spirit to take the brunt of that and not receive the lesson that's there or the training or the learning, then it's a missed opportunity. And the game, video game that I'm playing then is not actually helping me grow at all. And so like, I think that's why when, when things get hard and heavy or whatever, yeah, I deal with it like a human does. Like I have my moments where I cry and depression oh, yeah. and anxiety and all those things, because I think as a human experience, I need to be able to also relate to other humans and their experience. Mm -hmm. And when they deal with those things as well and learn how to grow through that. But if my spirit isn't growing, then this is a wasted life for me. So I need to know that like, okay, like this is really hard. 
like this week, these last few weeks, especially the news, like, but it's always been hard. It's just that this time, a lot of people were waking up and now I have this platform and I have to talk about it. And I don't want to talk about it. Black people don't want to talk about race. Just, just so you know, <laughs> like, it's not like our favorite thing to talk about. It's the least yeah. favorite thing, in fact, you know, to have to continue to, to divide and not divide, but like, cause it's not dividing. It is unifying to be able to speak about an experience that someone else doesn't have. But when I mean, like you have, you have to split hairs around what this means versus this means. And then someone always coming to you and trying to negate that experience and telling you, yeah, but was he, was he resisting arrest or yeah, was your experience really like this? Or, you know, based on, and they have, they have no experience similar to it. And it's the same way someone coming to me and be like, did you really see that ghost? You didn't see it. You made it up or whatever. This gaslighting of experience all the time on all areas is so tiring because it's like, what, what am I here for? Why am I interacting with these people who cannot accept me as I am? Like, why is it that I'm getting hate from someone who, but based on the way that I look, I had someone tell me to go back to my country. Where the fuck you think I'm from? Like, I'm from here. Yeah. <laughs> like, where, where am I supposed to go back to? When you stole me from my country, you bought me and take, took me on a ship somewhere, my whole lineage. You genocide uh, uh, my, my native land and segmented them in a, in a space and said, here, you can have this. Where am I supposed to go? So fuck you, <laughs> you know, like with all due respect, like. <laughs> in, You've got to add the respect. <laughs> <laughs> respect all human beings, all sentient beings. Yeah. Um, but that, that frustration that is born out of never ever feeling like you can fit. And then, so maybe, maybe I've, I've exercised it in a way of like, okay, Maybe in that way, I, this, this catalyst of having this constant poking and prodding and, uh, you know, feeling like I'm not a part of this thing is that what keeps me awake. Like, I don't have the opportunity to slip in and be like everybody else. Like with my spirituality, like that already makes me kind of weird. Like uh, seeing ghosts and hearing people and having this deep connection to, uh, I have a guide that I call Karen, you know, um, oh, yeah. funnier now I, that everybody's Karen talking about Karen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, I call her Karen cause like she'll call the manager on me if I'm not doing my shit, you know, like oh, if I'm yeah. not being spiritual. So I thought it was funny, but, um, I have this guide in my mind or whatever that drops these nuggets of wisdom. It's like partly, you know, the big parts that come out of my podcast, even while we were talking at some point I was channeling, there was a big piece that started to spill out that I, I wasn't talking anymore. And so that makes me weird, you know, in a lot of, in a lot of communities, that makes me very weird. And then you add to it that, okay, well, I don't, I don't actually, I mean, I look black in America. Like if you're like a little bit black, it's like, you're all the way black. Um, especially if I wear my hair curly, you know, I'm black. So yeah. I don't fit in the areas in which like, I mean, even I'm a wedding photographer too. So if I wear my hair curly, um, Afro, like a very big Afro hair, um, I get treated differently than if I wear it straight because I'm more passable or more acclimated in that sense. Um, when I went to my first, uh, when I changed out of my, uh, we moved in middle school, which is a terrible time to move your child from schools. Uh, it's the most awkward time. And I moved to a mostly white school. And to abandon my very diverse area where everybody kind of fit in to go to a place where I was clearly different, I never got the opportunity to fit in. So in this sense, this, the spiritual way that I can interpret that is like, I've always had to stay awake. I've always had to, like, I didn't have the, the, the privilege to fit in. 
I didn't have the privilege to be like, okay, I'm just going to go about here and I'm going to go to Gap and I'm going to, you know, like I couldn't yeah. just be normal. And now being like a 35 year old woman, like now I can, I can step into that. Like it's been a skill that I've trained now. Like I'm used to being different. So it doesn't bother me to say whatever I want to say because everybody's going to think I'm different anyway. There's no consequences anymore. Like obviously there are consequences, but not consequences I care about. Like yeah, if you think yeah. I'm weird, that's on you. If you think I'm, I'm this, you think I'm like, oh, she's playing the black card. You know, like imagine seeing that to a woman after she's been raped. Like, oh, you're playing the woman card. Did that really happen to yeah. you? Oh man, that's like, you know, like what were you wearing? And it's yeah, like, to it's, tell it's that like to, if I was to give like a guy, like an analogy, imagine getting kicked in the balls and just saying, um, and like then like writhing in pain and then someone saying, oh, that's just a mean card, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you're playing the balls card. You're like, yeah, geez, yeah, yeah. get over it. It's so, obviously <laughs> clearly happening. However, oh, just because it's, um, it's like, it's, you can see it does not make it any more relevant than something we can't physically experience ourselves. Um, so yeah, yeah, massive. And I would love to you to actually speak on briefly your experience when you had straight hair, I think you went to a diner or something and then you killed your hair and went in again. Then what was that? Um, and then you, you ex- there was, I mean, there, there's so many stories like that. I can't yeah. keep it straight. Um, I do know for sure that there was a, a wedding venue that I shot at, That's that I had two different experiences based on the way I wore my hair. And yeah. uh, one, when I wore my hair curly and I had a black a second photographer, they sat us in a back room that had boxes in it and whatever. And that's where we ate our meal. They didn't even give us hot food. They gave us some cold, like bologna sandwich with chips or something, some kid's meal thing. And I was like, that's insane. And so the next time, because of that, I wore my hair straight and I, I brought a second shooter who was white. They always would go to her first saying like, oh, do you need, do you have a card or do you know this? Or, you know, like, you know, always thinking that she was the lead photographer. And I'm like, bitch, this is my business. Thank you. And then they didn't want my card. Wow. So knowing that process of the way that had operated in the past, I've learned to be creative and acclimate to a system in order to survive, in order to be able to thrive. You can call me an opportunist in that case. Um, Not really though, because that's not what I am. But like I had to learn how to appease a system in order to thrive in it. So people who utilize that example of like, well, see, but black people, like, look at, look at, we had a black president, you know, like, oh, look at this CEO and he's making millionaire. The other black people are just lazy and they're complaining. And it's like, listen, we had to do extraordinary means, creative means, like above and beyond means in order to get to that space, to override the system that wanted to keep us in a certain place. That takes an incredible amount of resiliency. Incredible. So, mm. you know, to praise someone based on their ability to overcome hardship and then tell everybody else that they're lazy. Like when our ancestors built this country for free, you can just shut your mouth. <laughs> like, I just, you know, that may be your belief, but I'm not here to hear it. So in a spiritual sense, like I, I'm still trying to maintain love for people who can't see. And like, if someone was blind and, you know, they had their own views or whatever, like, I'm not going to sit and yell at a blind man what he can't see. Yeah. So in in my spiritual belief, it's like, okay, I'm here to wake people up. So that podcast that I did, I I did a podcast called that episode about racism that you're too uncomfortable to listen to. And it's funny because the the title came from my guide. Like I heard it before I even knew I was going to do that episode. 
And I was like, shit, now I have to talk about race. I don't want to talk about race. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I meditated and then I got on the microphone and then whatever just came out, came out, but I spoke mostly to white people about those issues. And I got over 500 messages in my inbox of people being like, oh my God, I had no idea. Yeah. I had no idea. And then feeling guilty and all that stuff. And that's another separate topic, but it was, it was crazy because it was like, okay, I, 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 in this process of me being obedient to my spiritual self, I allowed people to open up their human self. And like, we try to look at racism and politics and all that kind of stuff as, as if it's separate from anything spiritual in, in, in that plane. But like, we are not humans trying to have a spiritual experience. We are spirits having a human experience. Yeah. So everything yeah. is spiritual, everything. Totally, totally. I mean, it's, it's like when, um, it's like the whole, I'm not my body, I'm not my mind, um, sort of situation, right? And coming away from that and actually just being a life um, and that life is is the soul, the spirit, whatever you want to call it. That, that life is that energy. Um, it's what keeps me alive, right? I mean, at the end of the day, all a life is is um, uh, a mixture of time and energy. That's all it is, right? Um, and then that gives me a presence. And with that, I have a body experience. I mean, at the end of yeah. the day, if I look at my hand, um, I might say this is me. Someone chops off my hand. It's no longer me, right? So it wasn't really me because if I chopped off my hand, it was me. I'd be dead. Right. Yeah. It's not, it's not yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'll yeah. get my, my arms cut off. My legs cut off. I'm still me. I'm still caring. Yeah. I'm still alive. Just because my body is being cut up does not mean I die. Right. So although I get stabbed in the heart, I die. Right. But essentially <laughs> that, that means I no longer have, um, have, um, an ability to actually, energy. exactly an ability exactly. to actually thrive in that energy. So essentially, um, I'm not my mind, I'm not my body. I'm not my mind because, um, a mind is just a bunch of experiences, a bundle of experiences. If I identified myself as a thought, the moment that thought died, I would die. But I don't die with my mm -hmm. thought, right? right. I, I'm here, right? So that, that means that my th thoughts aren't also me. Um, although there was really... There was, there was a moment where I was, um, it was a couple of weeks ago and I was sitting in my bed and I had gotten high. And <laughs> I was sitting in my bed and I was thinking about that concept. Like it just had come to me. I was sitting outside myself it was weird i was having this like out of body astral type of experience where i was looking at myself from all angles and i was like wow what is this specimen like <laughs> what is this person that's sitting here and i could see my it's weird like i have a hard time explaining it but like it was it was like i was seeing my physical body from my my energy's perspective mm. and i was like wow like i'm really in this bitch like i'm really in this body but i'm not the body I'm not yeah. the mind. The process in which I'm thinking is these are the, the, the signals of my brain connecting my, my outer ether energy to my inner body. And it's like a portal almost from, from the outside of like where these thoughts are coming from, where I'm growing and that this amalgamation and collection of memories, like our, our body is a collection of memories. The way that we learn how to walk and then keep walking is a memory. Um, you know, people have traumatic brain injuries and then they can't remember how to walk. And so like it is us building these memories that are kind of encoding inside of our brain and storing where we can access like a thought. We can access the a movement, like the, the way I'm moving my hands right now, the way I'm, I can speak. It's because I learned it at some point. And so that learning is the building up of these memories that that kind of make up this human experience. But even without those memories, we do not die. Like yeah. we expand. And so I believe in my philosophy that when we do die, these memories that we have built up add to our little bank of 
mm-hmm. our soul's expansion. So if we come in as a black person in this life, we're building up all these catalysts of this time of the struggle and whatever to see if we can win the game. Like not saying that like, you know, black people <laughs> inherently need to like get over like what's happening or anything like that to learn. But these challenges have, have caused greater evolution for sure. Because if you think about, think about, um, women, for instance, like we're going to talk or, or white men yourself. Um, you're, you're a beautiful person. I love you to death, Karen, but you haven't had to evolve. You've chosen to, but you don't have to, if you don't want to, because you don't have a lot of circumstances that would necessarily push you to that place to say you have to evolve or you'll die. Mm. So for women, that type of oppression that they've suffered if you t- decided to incarnate during this time, we're going to incarnate in this dusty, raggedy planet where people don't treat women very well. And mm. the catalyst in which that they've had to grow through that and become resilient as a result of that, become smarter and more creative and more powerful through those obstacles, despite those obstacles, obstacles, um, you know, and then you add it at a black woman, you know, <laughs> like you just yeah. the, you compound those catalysts over and over and over according to whatever our structural, um, problems our earth has or whatever the structural video game is set up to have these problems so perhaps in this way i'm collecting more memories and experiences to expand my soul faster and i don't know how it works but if like imagine you know we're up in the ether in our light bodies and we're like cool 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 okay yeah i'm definitely gonna be a black person this life because i'm gonna have so many catalysts that are gonna expand me like a million times faster and perhaps you karen what we're uh, you know, another type of, you know, who knows what alien planets also have like type, this type of, you know, uh, you know, video game, if you will. Um, and you had a very, very, very hard experience while you were there and you already did that catalytic work or you hadn't, or you're a new soul, who knows, but like, there are all these different aspects to how we collect these memories and how we collect them and add them to our bank of expansion. So our soul can grow to a place where we can become empathetic to everyone we can incarnate in another life you asked me earlier how do i how do i come into the space and always be able to spin something into some kind of positive or there's a lesson or something like that and i'm like Mm. i don't know maybe it's just to have had enough lives that i have enough of that memory there to know that this ain't it like this isn't all of it like there there can be there are these struggles and it's heavy and it's hard to deal with and it's a lot of lifting but maybe it's a lot of lifting because i can do it Mm. and you know, I don't know, like, (laughs) that's just simply, it's not fair, obviously, but in this grand experiment, if you will, of, you know, evolution, if you don't believe that we come in with soul contracts, just look at evolution. Like if evolution is a series of experience, uh, experiments and memories that the, the, the species has built up to this point, then we are still evolving. We're still trying to change into building these experience and memories that would cause the survival of the fittest, essentially, to expand yeah. our species. And so maybe it's not your soul. Maybe it's your, you know, I don't know. So like in those ways, we can look at, I don't know, I, I feel like spirituality and all the, the struggles and shit that's going on in the world is almost like they go hand in hand because ultimately for myself, that's the only thing that keeps me holding it together. If we die after this and absolutely fucking nothing happens, what the hell was the point? Like, what is the point of my consciousness? Energy, energy goes nowhere. Energy does, it it always is and it will always be. You cannot destroy energy. So after I die, there's an imprint of my energy still here. After I die, perhaps my energy also goes somewhere else, but it doesn't 
like I, that's why I have the trouble with like complete atheism because it's like if you can look at energy in the universe, it doesn't go away. <laughs> it expands. Uh, it doesn't disappear. I mean, um, as Thich Nhat Hanh says, he um, he talks about a cloud. Um, now, when a cloud disappears, although in, ex in our experience it's no longer a cloud, it's gone. It's turned into rain and it's fallen mm -hmm. down into the planet, right? And then that, um, then that rain um, becomes the, the, you know, the river, the lake, the ocean. Yep, it comes yep. through the plants, it goes exactly. back up. Yeah. And then it goes back up, yeah, and forms another cloud. Um, essentially, that's how he talks about life. Um, essentially, it just takes another form that's not within our current experience. Um, and now on the top of consciousness as well, even scientists are saying now that humans physically are evolved physically. However, our consciousness is what the next evolution is about. That's what they're sort of saying. Um, although, of course, that's, again, just a scientific um, sort of mm -hmm. physical assumption. That's, that doesn't make it the correct thing. However, what that does give us an understanding of is, okay, if that's the case, then um, how else can we evolve? Well, consciousness, understanding, expansiveness in that way. They're even saying that consciousness as well is all around us. It's not yeah. just in my brain. It's yep. all around us. So, and that's so cool to see that, that science is actually starting, only just starting to, they're scratching the surface here, right? But they're just starting to understand um, this idea of spirituality. If, you even, if you're listening right now, Google bubble chamber, bubble chamber, I think it was in like 1960s or something. And some scientists um, found that the human like body will disappear and reappear. Um, uh, was it was um, uh, one to the power of like 17 times or something like that. So like 17 huh. zeros or something like that. I'm just like constantly, just like this idea that, um, like this is something that the, yeah, this is like the, this is what like the Buddha said, um, two and a half, 3000 years ago, he just said, my body is constantly, and there's like Zen state is like my body is constantly disappearing and reappearing like so many times. <laughs> he said that before, like they even tested it scientifically, yeah. right? These but things isn't that crazy because people done. won't yeah. validate it until quote unquote science comes along. So yeah. science, the scientific method is not that old. Mm. Was it mm. two, two, 300 years, maybe Something not like even. That, yeah. um, so if that's the case, like people nullifying something because it isn't scientific, doesn't mean it's not true. It just means it wasn't studied yet. Yeah, and they didn't exactly. find it yet. There were ancient civilizations. I don't know if anybody watches ancient aliens or anything like that. Um, I love that show. We, we could, I love that show. You could see yeah. these other civilizations had technology that we didn't have for quite a long time yeah. after they disappeared. So mm -hmm. us being like, oh, well, you know, they thought at some point, like they, they knew the eclipses, they, they had the, the deep structures of astrology already mapped out. And we came along after they'd been wiped off the planet and we're like, ooh, you know, as babies, just now starting to discover this and thinking that we're so much more advanced when in fact we're actually behind. Yeah. Like the other civilizations progressed a lot faster than us. And I think that the earth kind of does like, okay, restart, <laughs> kill everybody off. Like the, the flood yeah. of Noah or, you know, like, I mean, who knows? Like the earth kind of does the cold, the ice age or whatever and starts over. And we come through like, at least like our generation is like so arrogant to think we have the highest technology of blah, blah, blah. And then we, we look back into ancient cultures and see that they had access to this this information far before we ever tapped into yeah. it so totally. and we've negated it like the arrogance like of saying ghosts don't exist you know black lives don't matter it's like we're infantile compared to the the amount of knowledge that we could ascertain if we remained curious totally. not arrogant and thinking that we know everything Totally. And um, it's really interesting. I did a podcast with Pernell last week and he was talking about 
the um, melanin in the skin is actually what leads to a person of color being able to perform more exceptionally in many many physical areas, uh, which is a big reason why, um, although I'm, I'm not too sure, I'm, I'm, um, I don't know if this is the reason why, but I know it was a big reason why um, the white folk um, went about actually utilizing the person of color to do a, a lot of the um, a lot of the things that they couldn't do because mm. um, yeah, and they, they would just sort of enslave them in that way, and um, and of course to physical labor, horrible, yeah, yeah, exactly the whole horrible things, all that well, sort of stuff happened. But people like we look at our our biology, and um, <laughs> when I was in track, because uh, I used to run, I used to be like a track star. Uh, people would say black people were faster because they had an extra muscle in their leg. And I was like, I'm sorry, we all went to science. We all have the same anatomy. Like, yeah. do you, do, is there any <laughs> like separate chart that I don't know about that says you have an extra muscle in your leg? Like, yeah. no, black people have an extra muscle. It's like, you, you needed to invent new biology that you could easily look up mm. and say, in order to say that this person had an advantage over you. And I don't know about the melanin thing. I've never heard about that. But um, the aspects of the, the, the differentiation, if you imagine... I mean, just look at our, our culture, like how people want to be dark, like white people want to be dark. Uh, loads and loads of people tanning their skin and, and, and spray tanning and, oh, I look so pale and pasty. And I'm like, why don't you love the way that your skin looks? Why do you hold that to a higher regard? And then you can see the, what I would consider uh, the jealousy between the, the, the race and saying like, well, you're not beautiful and your hair is kinky and messy mm. Unprofessional and yada yada yada. When in fact the colonizers were going and raping the slaves because they were one, it was a power dominance thing, but they were more attracted to them, and mm -hmm. them feeling that insecurity behind that. And it was just like it's this like crazy traumatic cycle of this over and over and over of trying to make this idea that people are different and we're not. Like the same way that we can look at anatomy very quickly in our bones and our bodies and see that we don't have an extra muscle is the yeah. same way our spirits are outside of our bodies. Totally. We're no different. No different. Totally. So what exactly. are we? What are we doing? Yeah, exactly. So I'd actually love you to speak on that really, um, really briefly. Uh, what are some things that you would like to say, okay, to those white people listening, as a person of color? What are what are some things um, that you would want them to know? Maybe even a reflection on the podcast that you did about racism. Um, and honestly, of course, don't just listen to this as well. But for those listening go and actually listen to that podcast. However, just to actually uh, give them a, a, maybe a quick summary of some things that would pop up into your mind now that you would want them to know. Remaining curious. Mm. That is the most powerful tool in any arsenal in treating injustice, um, in treating division, is to remain curious. In our arrogance, in our desire and need for our ego to be right we ask questions that only defend or have an agenda towards keeping our current view um, if you're actually interested in knowing like what is going on in the world you have to remain curious like genuinely curious like if you want to ask me a question don't ask me a question because you're looking to defend yourself that's not curiosity that you have an agenda, you're in a defensive mode. Like, did that really happen? Da, 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 because you want to keep yourself comfortable. And unfortunately, real truth is uncomfortable. So you have to remain curious. You have to ask from a place of 
you know, I've never had this experience. What do I look like coming to you, Karen, and trying to ask you a question about an experience that you have that I don't have and me trying to tell you about it? I, I look stupid. <laughs> like, so in that case, like for people who do not have this experience, come to people with a place of curiosity. Now, do not go to your one black friend and be like, yo, you know, because that for them is really heavy to have that responsibility to try to educate you. But yeah. go do your research, go read books. Like that Google is a wonderful resource uh, that yeah. you can go and look up and find out what is happening in the world and find varying different, you know, perspectives. Um, as a black person, black people are not a monolith. Like we are not like one-sided view of, of people. Like we don't all have the same perspective. I will come from a very loving perspective where someone else might come from a very different part. And that's because we're individual souls. And to see the black body as our collective as as like one opinion is completely wrong. Like you, not all white people well, are the same. That is racist. Well, all black people, yeah. will be, you know. So I say, remaining curious, like doing doing your own work, because the crisis that we're having, that we've been having, but that is just almost available to people to see now. Because this is the first time this has ever gone international. You guys have been seeing forever on the news, like what's been happening in the U.S. But it's the first time, like, I mean, fucking in Bali, there are people saying Black Lives Matter and putting like up the, the flowers in the pools that have the whole like logo and everything. And I'm like, what is happening? Yeah. This is what I think COVID did. It's like, hey, put us in a state of unity consciousness. Every commercial post-COVID was like, we're in this together. We're in this together. And it's like, but are we? Because when this shit went down, it, it was like, okay, so where are all my messages saying how this company is going to handle racism? I got a thousand emails about how we're handling COVID. Does this affect you too? Do you care? Mm -hmm. So like my, I had a, a video that went viral or something and, and where I asked people, did they care? Like, do you care? Like if you don't care about a man getting killed in the street and police brutality, do you care about me? Like your friend, do you care about my experience and what we talk about and what we cry about at our dinner table? Like, does it matter to you? Like someone who can remain actually curious about what someone's experiences is, is, is a means to bid for empathy, real empathy. Like, not just like, oh, that's shocking. Like I can move on. And what I said in my podcast was like, imagine this and this will be the last thing. Our world is built for people who have legs. So stairs, you know, elevator, like the way that we get back and forth to our bed and everything like that. If I'm someone who's disabled, and I have a wheelchair, I live in a world that's not built for me. And, you know, if I'm a person who has legs, I never think about what it's like not to have legs. I can never think about what it's like to have to get up and down the stairs. Can I reach the, the doorbell? How will I get from my car to this place? I never have to think about that. Why? Because I have legs. That is my privilege. I'm able-bodied and I live in a world that caters to people who are able-bodied. So in the same way, like if I were to go to a, a person who is disabled and really try to understand their experience, I can't negate them because yeah. I don't have that experience. Like if they tell me something, I'm going to challenge it. Why? <laughs> Why? Why would I feel the need to challenge someone who, who is clearly in, in a position of living in a world that, that doesn't give them that privilege? Mm. What do I look like doing that? Because I don't want to have to think about what it is to have to give up my privilege. Does it, it's not pie. Like if I, if I have to acknowledge that someone else struggles in this, in this country or world because they have a disability that I don't have. I'm not giving away a piece of my pie. Like I'm just acknowledging it. And then I say, what can I do? Because I yes. have legs. So I, can, I can run over there and go to the city hall and talk to them about how can we put more elevators in here? Where can we put ramps? 
How can we do this? Guys, you need to be more aware of this. You know, mm. like, so when you put it in that perspective, it doesn't sound completely ridiculous that we're negating black people's experiences and people of color when our, our whole systematic, like think of like white people around the world 400 years ago, going to different countries, calling it quote unquote new earth. This was no damn new earth. People were living here. <laughs> Yeah. Like we had civilizations and cultures and spiritual like connections and we were thriving and that was come, came and took it away from us. Mm. So what does it look like for a white person to be coming in my DMs and trying to tell me about how I'm lazy or how like racism is over? You know, that's not someone who's curious and that's not someone who cares. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Aaliyah. I appreciate that a lot. Yeah. That's um, that's really, really eye-opening and really beautiful to hear as well. Uh, and I just want to sit on that idea of curiosity because that applies to any area of life. It applies to massively to racism. It applies massively to gender equality. It applies massively to uh, to any general experiences. Uh, and the more open that, and this is always so interesting, I find is the more open that I'm willing to be for others, the more well received people are willing to be for me uh, and that's always such a brilliant brilliant aspect um, and it's so important so I want to challenge people actually to really look at um, this matter really consider going and listening to Aaliyah's podcast on racism actually her entire podcast is brilliant um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I've even got like a sneaky one on there as well and um, and really go in with openness even this entire podcast if you're still listening and you um you know and you even even though you might have gone part way through this podcast and you're like what this is weird shit like <laughs> you know karen doesn't talk about this stuff what is this um <laughs> and you, you stay tuned congratulations you're exercising openness i really i really applaud you for doing that so i just want to because of course it's one step at a time it's like um it can be of course very overwhelming for people especially that those that struggle with mental health to like look at this issue and be like I don't know what to do. I'm so overwhelmed. I don't know. And then get, get completely overwhelmed with their own mind. So I challenge you just to exercise openness to start with and then work from there. And you can always evolve from there and grow from there and take Aaliyah's advice around uh, how to actually take those steps forward around that. It's just exercising that understanding. And from there, you can start taking action um, when you've developed that, 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 that sense of self, self, um, self-stability in a way yeah. that gives you the ability to actually go forward and start taking action, start speaking about it more, start actually um, opening conversations about it more and, um, and not just coming from a place of reactiveness, a place of knowing, but instead a place of openness. So I really want to thank you, Aaliyah, for speaking on your story, speaking on your experiences and um, yeah, and for bringing such, such, um, such brilliant information to this podcast and, and a lot of your story as well. So I want to bring this to a conclusion. I just want to ask a few questions if, it, if that's all right. If you've got a little bit of time to jump into some things. <laughs> so what's the, what's the biggest lesson that you've learned that comes to mind now of your life? Okay. And it doesn't really be the biggest of your life, just what comes to mind now. The biggest lesson. Yeah. Um, pertaining to what we're talking about or just in general? in general let love in oh yeah that's a, that's a compounded one because i was just talking actually i have so a podcast releasing tomorrow which i don't know when this will air but um cracking your chest open and we talk about how when you're guarded and when you're and then this kind of goes in the same alignment but 
um, when you are fearful and you guard yourself and try to protect yourself from getting hurt, you also prevent good things from coming in. And so like, in this aspect of me trying to also allow more love into my life, I have to like, let myself be less guarded. And given all the circumstances of what happened in the world, there's this need to want to protect myself and shield myself as much as possible from people who want to hate me. But I also prevent that like reaching of people who want to love me. So I have to remain open. I have to remain soft. I have to remain loving in order to still get all the benefits and the goodness of the love that does exist on this earth while other people are committed to hate. And mm. so, like in that process, like if I, if I allow myself to shut myself down because of the people who want to hate and people who want to treat me poorly and treat me badly, then I miss out on the people who want to give me love and exchange that and attract more of that frequency into my life. So I choose to be loving because I want more love in my life. Maybe that's a selfish motivation, you know, but I, I want to remain soft because it's the only way I can, I can really vibrate at a frequency that I feel like will actually make a difference. Mm. I don't want what to would be you like, like to say? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. What would you say to men in particular? Men? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Well, I got a lot of things to say to men, but <laughs> <laughs> I know you do. I, I said, I would comes say, to mind. the first thing is feel your feelings. Let mm. yourself feel your feelings. Like that suppression yeah. of feelings and like, Oh, I'm a pussy or this and that. Like, fuck that. Like a real man, like one who is willing to be strong is one who's willing to be vulnerable. Cause that takes real strength. Mm. And if you allow yourself to feel your feelings, you can start doing the shadow work and processing things that will allow yourself to grow and 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 allow beauty and it was it's also the process of finding love too like that feeling your feelings and talking about your feelings and making yourself more vulnerable may you know you may have been conditioned to think that makes you weak but in fact it's the opposite and that that paradigm is dying also like as all this stuff falls away that that paradigm is dying also with men um knowing that they can't they're not allowed to access their feelings which is where we get the world that we live in this domination and this hate and our politics and like a bunch of white men running around running government you know not feeling their feelings and then being fearful and scared and and won't be vulnerable and this is where wars come from like if men could be feeling their feelings you don't see like w nations led by women in this type of state why because they don't suppress their feelings like that mm. we could change the the whole world if men got a real deep dose of what they're actually feeling underneath. Yeah. I love that. And now as for woman, what would you say to woman? I would say, and this is going to sound kind of harsh, but I would say, stop trying to be men. Ooh, that's, I love this one. Oh. Yeah. Because we, I mean, I understand why it's happened. We've oh, to, I understand fully. Yeah. We've had to animate a masculine perspective to protect ourselves under our own oppression. So it was important that we could stand up and, and be in those positions. But um, physiologically and energetically, men and women are very different. And I'm not saying men and women, like, you know, if you're a trans person or a fluid or whatever, like this is, I'm not trying to delineate a gender here. Um, but I'm saying for women who identify as women, um, and, and energetically identify with the feminine, there are so much value in, in the feminine 
there's so much more power in the ability to pull in that yin energy, it's actually stronger. It's why men were so afraid of women. We're burning them at the stakes because us being able to tap into our intuition and our feminine sides was incredibly scary and powerful. Mm. So like us trying to be men is actually negating the strongest part of ourselves and the, the strongest part of our persuasion and our seduction and the, our, our, like our ability to magnetize and bring things in instead of having to push things out. Yeah. And I mean, why does a guy hit a woman out of fear? It's not out of um, righteousness. It's out of fear. Um, and and so I, I, I so love what you said earlier. It's actually it's so much fear that men are like body and like, like bottling up. It's that sort of suppression of feeling. Right. And it's just being shown through um, reaction. Right. And yeah, it's, it's just such a profound thing. Um, I've definitely, I like, when I say I understand, it's not something that I obviously haven't experienced. I'm not a woman, um, but it's something that I've, I've definitely, definitely seen a lot of in terms of uh, the way a woman can be, um, can be so profound and powerful when they're stepping into that feminine. Um, mm. Yeah. And it's definitely suppressed just because like guys have decided to make the world a very, um, very sort of physical space right so physically dominating like you've got to be physically athletic you've got to um you know um you've got to have lots of money to be important you know? um so like all the all these sort of aspects that are very masculine have been put on a pedestal when when we wouldn't i wouldn't be here without a woman just plain and simple right. i would not be here without a right. woman. Yeah. how are we not valuing the only way you came exactly. into it was through a woman yeah. The portal totally. of the universe exists in a woman <laughs> like a fucking goddess because it's divine yeah. <laughs> carry, carry a baby like the strength that it takes to have a child like like i just want to touch on this because you said the physical yeah. strength you've been looking in the material world and saying that the physical strength is the most incredible or sorry the most valuable aspect of someone and what they're able to produce and it's it's incredible to me the miss in that because sure. like to be able to be physically stronger you can force people to do something that you want them to do right like by, by physical means but the, the what it takes to to birth a child the strength that that takes to be able to let your body go through all those changes the, the woman's body goes through hormonal changes because we can handle it like yeah. our bodies are made for that to have to go through a period every month and have experience contractions like you yeah. know like you guys would be dying if you had to <laughs> yeah it's so painful every month you know and to, to, to recognize that in the feminine, uh, one of the guys that I had on my show, Lauren Crenn, said something really powerful. And he said that the woman, the feminine is the, the ocean. It is the depth of the sea, the deep that you can't even, you can't even see. And the waves, and sometimes the wind blows faster and sometimes it blows slower. It is in our ability to have emotional shifts and hormonal shifts and the things that our bodies do that make us attractive, not just attractive, but make us valuable, incredibly valuable. Mm -hmm. And we've been told that like, you know, in, for instance, like the big joke, um, you know, like a woman's on her period. Oh, you're on your period. You know, you're, you're testing you this month or whatever. I'm sorry. If you felt like you were getting punched by a small troll in your vagina, you'd be pissy too. But my feelings <laughs> are not any less valid. I'm just going to yeah. be more direct about them. Yeah. Um, so in that case, and then he said that the male was the mountain and that in a, in a space in the world, the, the waves crash against the mountain, but the mountain is still, and it is, it is stationary and mm -hmm. a, a man who is secure in his feelings a man is secure with himself he is not a volcano mountain mm -hmm. able to 
to be the calm and the still. But when men have fear and men don't acknowledge their insecurities and their pains and their traumas and they stuff them down, they become these volcanoes that are that erupt and are violent. Yeah. And there's no space. It, there's no space for the for the ocean there. So. Totally. Anyway, I just thought that was a good analogy. No, so. I, I love that a lot. That it creates so much clarity. Alia, thank you so much. Um, one more thing. Yeah. What lights you up? What lights me up? You. <laughs> oh, stop it. <laughs> you can me blush. What lights me up? Um, yeah. I. I. I I really do no, and I mean this in this way, like this type of these type of conversations, like to be able to share uh, and break bread with other souls is yeah. is my light. Like um, the reason why I love my podcast so much is like I get to have these conversations with people that bring in, uh, bring an expansion of some type of knowledge to the table where we can share and and you know like decide like okay, what do you think about this and like that lights me up. I love that social exchange. I love to be able to interact with other people because there is something that happens in that exchange that is otherworldly to me, like Mm -hmm. to be able to connect in that way. Like there's more joy in my life when I can experience that exchange of, of brilliance from the ether uh, with another person, not just from one way, like when I receive it from another person as well, and I feel like I'm in my purpose. So when I'm able to do something that I feel like I incarnated to do, like I feel pretty damn happy. Thank you, Aaliyah. You've been absolutely fantastic. Guys, I please go follow her. Go check out her podcast, Spiritual Shit. Uh, and follow her on Instagram. She does some fantastic, um, fantastically educating, eye-opening, um, awakening uh, posts and videos and talks so yeah be sure to head, head along and um follow her so where can they follow you on instagram um it's at the lovely alia a-l-e-a mm. so you can find most of my my stuff the lovely alia.com lovely alia on twitter and, and instagram so. okay um so yeah that's that's honestly everything guys thank you so much for tuning in uh once again be sure to go and check this amazing woman out um <laughs> She honestly speaks about things that you will not hear anywhere else. Uh, so I guarantee that you'll learn something. Uh, be sure to subscribe to this podcast. Uh, give it a little review. Okay. Uh, five stars. <clears throat> um, <laughs> I love about. Um, yeah, all good. No, nah, honestly, just, um, just be authentic with it. Um, honestly, I really appreciate any reviews, any, any ratings that you might give it, as it does give us the opportunity to really uh, share, um, reach others that also might be searching for this kind of uh, this kind of advice, this kind of work, uh, and this kind of awareness. So, um, on, um, I genuinely, um, genuinely ask that from the bottom of my heart. If um, you did feel like you got anything from this, uh, be sure to share it. Much love, guys. Stay blessed.